Put the pep in your step, bend the glide in your stride like Clyde Drexler. This is East Side. Oh, here goes. And welcome to the 28th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. Please do follow our video show on YouTube. And to all our audio listeners, Spotify, iTunes, Audible, wherever you listen to your podcast, please do subscribe to our show and give us a rating. We'd really appreciate that. You would have just heard me spit some bars from Coolio's 1997 record One Mo featuring the 40 Ts from the My Soul album where he name drops Clyde Drexler. And, those, and, all, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. How you doing, fam? What's up, Woods? Good, good mate. Um, always good to hear Coolio. Um, probably not one of my favorite albums, the, the My Soul one there, but it's Coolio, so it's still a classic. But yeah, looking forward to, to doing another show. Yeah, for sure. Clyde Drexler's name is, is dropped in a, in a lot of hip-hop songs. You would heard Jay West uh, in Bang This uh, drop his name as well, one of our guys. So. True. I think it rhymes well with other words as well, like the whole Clyde Drexler bit, but no, I like it, man. Definitely, definitely. Thanks, Robbie. Always good to have you, man. And, t- and today we've got a very special guest on the show. Hailing from the central coast of New South Wales, over the last two decades she has been involved in the, in, in the grassroots of basketball. She spent time in the WNBL as a player, had some terrific moments both as a coach and as a player. She's a huge ambassador for the women's game and is the co-host of the Shooting the Breeze podcast. Affectionately, affectionately referred to as Squin, Jacinta Govind is in the house. Pleasure to have you on Throwback Hoop, sister. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you so much for that really cool intro as well. And uh, I love doing a cross collaboration between some Aussie basketball podcasts. So thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Jacinta. And you know, when you come on Throwback Hoops, you got to rock a jersey. And uh, for all our uh, video, video watchers watching the show, you can see that you got a whole collaboration there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the one you're wearing and, and about the ones behind you? Yeah. Yeah, so this one, I'll just quickly stand up. This is a uh, Central Coast Crusaders jersey from 2000 and I should know this, 19, I'm going to say, 2000, no, maybe 18. Uh, Yeah, no, it was 2018, uh, Crusaders jersey, old Waratah League uh, symbol you got there. And it's a special pink jersey, number 13. And in the back, um, it will say, I won't show over the back, uh, but in the back it says Casper underneath because uh this this is a pink jersey for our breast cancer round and about six months before we had this uh special breast cancer round down at um one of our home games someone who was very close to me and very close to a lot of people uh at a basketball club actually was she was one of my greatest friends growing up playing basketball together she was someone who uh would just speak my same language like i don't think i've met anyone even my family members who got me as well as this person got me and her name was Carly Casper. So she was definitely one of my best friends in life. And unfortunately, six months before we had this pink round down at our home, one of our home games, she passed away from breast cancer. So uh, this was my first year back playing semi-pro. It was the first year, um, you know, it was the six months after I lost one of my best friends and the first time that our club had done a pink round. So this jersey is from a very significant time of my playing career and of my life in, in general, I, I would say, without exaggeration. Yeah, and it's amazing, Jacinta, that you're able to wear the jersey today and, and uh, talk a little bit about how much it meant to you and, and the meaning behind it, you know, because, you know, we come on here, we talk about how much this player means to us because we idolized them growing up or whatever, but it's a deeper meaning for you, so that's, that's amazing and, and, and kudos to you. 
Thanks. Oh, and I also have to mention, I grew up playing in number seven. So you'll notice that this jersey's 13. So when I decided to return to play uh, in Waratah, I chose to wear 13 because that was Carly's number as well. So, um, yeah, that's why, that's why I've changed. <laughs> Terrific, Jacinta. Really appreciate you telling that story. Uh, RC, my man, you got the double jerseys as always, right? Double jerseys. I like to do it when I can. Um, so the double Jerry Stackhouse today, Woods. Um, probably a name we haven't heard for you know, a while. Um, hey, Robbie, you should have worn it on the show last week when I dropped his name in that rap, man. Yeah, I know. That would have been good timing, actually, for that. But, uh, sorry, <laughs> I only thought about it this week. But, oh, look, good, as, oh, good. As you can see, the one hanging is a pretty random. We mentioned last week the white home champion jerseys are normally the pretty random ones. And it's the very uh, strange-looking uh, Detroit Pistons jersey there, which I don't think they wore that jersey for too long there. It's um, I like the colors. The logo is a bit random. But anyway. The colours look good, but I'll stand up and, and just show you the one I'm wearing, and you can talk us through it. Yep. So for all our audio listeners that can't see, Robbie's wearing a Philly number 42 Jerry Stack jersey, high flyer Jerry Stack, tatted as the next Michael Jordan in some some areas. It's him. Nice um, man. My daughter had great fun trying to say his name today as well, Stackhouse. So, anyway, um, so look, yeah, pick Jerry Stackhouse. He's someone I always really like, sort of watching in the NBA. Um, he played 18 seasons after getting drafted by Philly at pick three in the '95 draft out of North Carolina. Um, Stack played with eight different teams. Accolades are. He made the All-NBA rookie team, was also a two-time NBA All-Star. He also played for our Hawks as well, Woods, I should add. Um, Stackhouse was known for his toughness on the court. Um, he's also currently the head coach at Vanderbilt after several NBA assistant coaching roles. So, yep. Anyway, hold up that little figurine before Woods. You know I always like to show a bobblehead if I can. So I've got one here. It actually broke, I'll be honest, when I pick it up today. So his head was kind of rolling around the room. But we've got a Washington Wizards... Jerry Stackhouse bobblehead, another one of those stadium sort of giveaway ones. So you weren't buying that one in a shop anywhere. You can only sort of get that if you attended a game in Washington. So thanks to eBay for helping me out on that one many years ago. So that's um, that's my double jerseys for the week, Woods, with a double stack. And, and Robbie, look, I, I told you before the show, man, I have a Jerry Stackhouse bobblehead on my desk at work, man. You know, should it? If I didn't work from home all the time, I might have had a chance to bring it back here. But guess what? Guess what, man? You ain't the only one on the show with a bobblehead today. You know what? Squin, Squin's got one. Right? I like that. I so like why, why don't you show us your bobblehead there, Squin? Yeah, so I noticed that uh, uh, you guys had some bobbleheads and figurines in the background. I've noticed that a couple of other um, of our peers in the podcasting world probably have a couple of bobbleheads. So the one bobblehead that I have is a Rajon Rondo bobblehead from nice. the Celtics. And my brother very kindly brought this back uh, from America for me one year. And... Uh, I go for the Celtics now. I've only gone for the Celtics probably since 2010. And that was purely because I got to see them play at Boston Gardens in 2010 against the Milwaukee Bucks, featuring Andrew Bogut uh, as a young buck himself. Uh, yeah, so very significant. My, my single bobblehead being Rajon Rondo. It was so good getting to see him and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett play on their home Home ground, so there you go. That's my bobblehead. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Why don't you take us home with your jersey? I can see it's a pretty random one today. Yeah, sure. I'll just stand up, and why don't you take the audience through it, Robbie? All right. So Woody's standing up wearing an old school OKC Thunder number thirty-seven. Derek Fisher jersey. So we were just saying before we started recording, thirty-seven, pretty random NBA number. I think there's been 
Eight, uh, eight or nine people in NBA history that have worn that. Meta World Peace is probably, and Nick Van Exel, other ones that come to mind. But yeah, Woods, I know you've got a big love for D Fish there. So why don't you tell us a little F- bit about Firstly, it? Firstly, everyone, he's just showing off, man. He looked that shit up before this episode, man. He's not just, Dude, not he's, just not, he's just not spitting these numbers off the top of his head. Although you do a lot of the time, man. Uh, I had a lot of, a lot of fa- uh, respect for D Fish. He's the, he was a consummate professional. Um, Part of the 96 draft, one of the great drafts on the spot, Robbie. Give me a few other picks from, uh, from that great draft. Uh, 96. Oh, I always get mixed up in time now. That's, that's the Kobe draft, right? Yeah, 96. man. Iverson, Allen, yeah, Kobe. Yeah, of course. Of you course, know, Pacia, yeah. Steve Nash, all those guys. That's the one that had a heap of all-stars and Hall of Famers in it, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, from, from Little Rock, Arkansas, he was the 24th pick in that 96 draft. His playing career span from 1996 to 2014. Uh, most known w- w- uh, for his hey, time with the Lakers. Little yep. Rock, Arkansas, right? Uh, Arkansas, sorry, my bad. Sorry, my bad. All right, man. All right, all right, my bad. My bad. Okay, Little, little I Rock. I didn't look that up. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's a pretty long career, 1996 to 2014. As I said, most, most well-known with the Lakers. He did have two... Two separate runs with OKC. You know how we like to get those random jerseys, Robbie, man. I have to get an OKC Fisher jersey. I've got a Jazz one as well, actually. But a five-time NBA champion. Um, And, you know, he's done a lot of work uh, with the Players Association. Moved into coaching. Um, You know, he was Kobe's boy, you know, obviously. And uh, just finally, Matt Barnes isn't going to be sending him a postcard anytime soon, is he? Right? No, I don't think he will. No. Terrific, yeah. So thanks, thanks, guys, for, for showcasing your jerseys today and bobbleheads, right? So <laughs> let's let's uh, let's move on. So Jacinta, thought we would get into some Q and A with you to start off the show. You ready to chop it up or what? Yeah, let's do All it. Right, awesome. All right. So let me start off with look. You've had a terrific playing and coaching career that spanned over twenty years, as I mentioned at, at the start. I wanted to ask you, when did you first fall in love with the game of basketball? Good question. Um, so I feel like uh, me discovering basketball or coming to basketball was kind of a perfect storm of circumstances. So uh, I reckon I got, I think I started playing with it when I was eight. So that would have been like 93, yeah. 94. Um, but basically what was happening at that time was that my, old, I have an older brother uh, and, and he was in high school at the time already, and he was really into sport and especially NBA, and that was the height of the, the 90s NBA, yep. right? So uh, he was definitely a strong influence on me getting involved in basketball from the start because he used to have posters of Penny Hardaway, followed the magic. Um, I'm pretty sure he used to have posters of Charles Barkley as well, and he taught me about the uh, the three the Chicago Bulls three-peat as well. So I kind of knew a lot of that stuff from him. It rubbed off of me pretty easy. And also at that time, uh, my mum was taking us to Sydney Kings awesome. games. So this is also the height of the 90s. I remember you guys talking to Brad Rosen recently and how I was describing how packed those games in the 90s used to be in yep. the entertainment center. So me and my mom and my brother used to go to those games. And this was before I even started playing basketball. So I was a Kings fan first and a player second. Um, and so, and, and then the other component to that was that across the road from my house, uh, a brand new basketball stadium was being built. And I'm pretty confident to say it was the first stadium in this area of this of the central coast to be built and how that came about was a couple of like 
uh, really pinnacle guys in our community. They used to play basketball out at uh, the youth club in Gosford. Yep. Uh, that actually used to be the home. That's the home court of the Central Coast Waves, which is a different club to the club that I grew up playing. But that uh, used to actually run out of like a really old court that was kind of looked like a garage, but it was a court in Gosford. Um, and then they started to form their own club and they used to use Terrigal High School's court as the home court. So um, when they started their own club, they were rebelling against the waves, hence the name Gosford yep. City Rebels when they broke away. And then that group that formed the club did a lot of hard work and wheeling and dealing to get a stadium open in Terrigal. So it was the perfect storm of big brother's influence, mum's influence taking me to games and a stadium across the road. So... It was kind of like my path was meant for me <laughs> to get into basketball. Yeah, that, that's unbelievable to hear, Jacinta. And, you know, like those memories that take you back when you first fell in love with the game, the influences in your life that got you, got you to where you are today, they're, they're fond memories, right? So it's, it's great to hear that, you know? Um, all right, so speaking on that, you climbed through the junior ranks in the early 2000s at state level before finally getting noticed and earning the opportunity to play in the WNBL for Canberra in that 2007 and 8 season. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, 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 100%, all right. 100%. I've got the singlet, got my training singlet yeah. here behind me. I knew, I knew, I was just double checking, right? So what are your memories of that process and the hard work that got you there, you know? Uh, how yeah. much did that mean to you? Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. I mean, I probably since I started playing reps, my goal was always to play for, in the WNBL. So I started playing reps in the late 90s yeah. in under 12s and... This is the talkiest story ever. I don't know if I've actually told anyone this story, but when I when I was in year seven, first woodwork class, you've got to make a pencil box. And on the lid of my pencil box, I actually put like the AIS symbol on it because I wanted to go to the AIS so badly since I was like 12 years old. So playing at that elite level was the goal, like since the start I playing rep. So um, I, I think like when I kind of look at it, I think I was always training to get to that point. Even when I was really young playing 12s, 14s, 16s, the ultimate goal was always to play WNBL. Um, so the, the hard work that kind of went into it, there was lots of sacrificing as a teenager, you know, sacrificing going to, um, you know, like part, going to parties or uh, just having the freedom to do whatever on a weekend because it was always taken up with going and travelling for, for rep games or state camps or, or things like that. And I think we were really lucky at our school that a bunch of us from the same rep team went to the same school yep. and we were successful for the school. So we got out of school sport and we can go do our shooting training every Tuesday instead. So we never really got to do school sport. Um, but, yeah, and also, like, I remember you. 12 that was pretty full-on because every weekend I, if I didn't have reps I had uh, what was called ITC program which was like a elite scholarship program in New South Wales it's now called SPP and then I had a state camp so I was living out of a suitcase um, in in year 11 and 12 but um, I think it in the end it was all kind of worth it because I got to where I wanted to get and it probably when I got there, it probably wasn't the ideal circumstances of when I finally got there. Yep. Um, having to move. I mean, I, I kind of had to move to Canberra as well because my age group in across the nation and particularly in my state was very competitive. Uh, I still have coaches from back then saying... To get notice, I had to kind of break away and go on my own. So I actually moved to her in 2004 
while still playing state league for um for my local club here in Terrigal, uh, just so I could cut my own cloth a little bit and be closer to a WNBL club because I knew I wasn't really going to make it in New South Wales. But um yeah, then the hard work continued. So I juggled uni in Canberra, juggled playing uh, ABA for the Canberra Nationals, uh, still putting in extra work in the gym, you know, like in the gym gym and on yep. on court gym. Um and that, that that had its ups and downs as well, and I just happened to get noticed at the right time by Carrie Graff. Jacinta, all the hard work paid off, and, and getting noticed by someone like Carrie Graff, um, you, you reap the benefits of that hard work, so con- congratulations on that. Now, I just want to move on. Uh, you've spoken about your greatest moments in the game. One, winning a silver medal with New South Wales country at the Under-16s Nationals, and two, winning a bronze medal at Club Nationals with the Gosford City Rebels in Dandenong when you were in the under-18s. Please tell us why these two achievements meant so much to you. Yeah, so you've gone, I really like that you've gone deep diving for those facts, Woody, so well done. Um, So basically, (laughs) under-16s silver medal uh, was first time representing New South Wales country and making that state team was something that was really important to me as a junior as well because I felt like that was the stepping stone to getting to the WNBL or I should say getting to the AIS because that getting to the AIS was my first goal. That was kind of the benchmark for me of me of seeing me as made it in basketball was getting to the AIS. And I didn't get there, but I made the WNBL anyway, so you know, it kinda of worked out. But yeah, I felt like making the state team was a stepping stone and making I think growing up as a junior when uh, my mum also used to take us to go and watch a lot of national tournaments um, when we could. Like she took us to an under-18s tournament in Canberra, I mean, a couple of friends. Oh, and then when I was about 12 or 13, uh, my home club at Terrigal actually hosted the under-16s nationals where the New South Wales country teams made the grand final. And people in the women's team was like Jess Marnie, Ellie Hammond. Uh, who went on to be Shelley Burston, who's married yep. to Matt Burston. And yep. so me as a kid, seeing them represent New South Wales country uh, and um, p- playing at such a high level, making a grand final and the atmosphere that created at my home club, that kind of left a mark on me. So I think that's also why it was really important for me to make the state team. Yep. So that was one part of making the team. But the other part of making that particular team is that, like I said, we were super talented in that generation. Uh, so my generation includes people like Renee Camino, now Gallup, yep. Michaela Domkins, Rach Herrick, uh, Melissa Smith, who ended up playing for the Flames yep. and uh, in Perth, and also Jenna O'Hay was a year younger, Kath McLeod. So we we had, we were star-studded. Um, but our particular group of friends, we just got along like perfectly. So we had a really good mix of girls in our team. Everyone got along. Everyone uh, was competitive and supportive. And it was a very safe space as a teenager to be yourself. And to this day, we're actually still really close friends. Uh, One of our um, things that we did at Nationals was uh, we actually ended up staying in a boarding school in Brisbane. And we named our like our, our minivan that we had to get to and from games and training at the Nationals after something to do with the school. And that's the name of our group chat now. So we're all still in a group chat with the same name. So it's just uh, left an imprint on us. So, we, yeah, we're still the best of friends. We still hang out all the time. And I think the fact that we won silver 
especially because I don't think anyone expected us to do that well. We lost City Country by like 40 points. Then we ended up beating Metro in the semi-final to make the grand final. We beat them by 20. Uh, so sorry, Metro. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was just, we were, we were kind of like underdogs, um, not expecting to do well. Everyone loved each other and the team. And then to get Silver, it was, I think that was definitely why it was the perfect combination again of, of, of successes. And Squint, we're going to get into it a little bit later. We, we're going to talk a bit more about how, how good uh, team sports and basketball is for building friendships on and off the floor. So to hear that, that's, that's amazing. And just to tell you, Robbie's actually uh, showcased a Matt Burston jersey on this show, right? The only guy with a Matt Burston jersey in the country. But Robbie's got one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back over his hands. Yeah. Oh, and I... I He was the underrated. He always got a roster. Yep, yep. Thanks, Jacinta. Yeah, we. You were saying that he, he always got a roster spot, Matt Burston, right? Yeah. Oh, I did. Um, yeah, yeah. And I didn't talk about the the bronze medal uh, yep. that we got at the club nationals is a bit different though. Um, in New South Wales, especially if you're a country team like we were, you go to the country championships on the June long weekend. Uh, but we had a coach in under-18s named Russell Codling, and he he used to be an, a Sydney Flames assistant coach, and he was he just completely changed our way of thinking about basketball. We had a completely different way of playing defense, had a completely different way of playing offense. Like with our talented team, he just took us to a whole other level. So he didn't want us to go to country championships. He took us to the club nationals. Held on the same weekend in Dandenong, and typically they didn't really accept clubs from outside of Victoria. So that year we went both times in 18. So the first time we went when I was bottom age 18s, I think it was us and Sutherland and one other team that got to go, and we came eighth. But turn around, we went a year later. We ended up coming third. So we ended up playing Nana Wadding in the semi final and lost by about. 15 and none of Wadding had Jenna O'Hay in that team. Yep. Um, we just couldn't get it together that game. But yeah, to turn around and beat the Melbourne Tigers in in the final, um, yeah, that was amazing. I think I think yeah, I think we really peaked. Um, and we again doing something that I don't think a lot of people thought that we could do. Yeah, you should be really proud of those achievements, Jacinta. So I just want to also talk to you about the fact that you've been such a big ambassador for women's basketball and women's sport in general. And, and this is fantastic, by the way. I love it, right? Nothing epitomizes more than your work on the Shooting the Breeze podcast, along with your co-host, Paul Camulos. Um, now, you've recorded nearly 70 episodes of the show. How did the idea come about? And how's that, how's that experience been, you know, getting the word out there? Yeah, so to truth be told, uh, Paul and his wife Mary started the podcast okay. a little while ago, and I've jumped on since the Olympics year. So, um, yeah, so it was actually Paul and Mary's uh, idea, and that created, and yeah, for the purpose of um, supporting Australian women's basketball. And I actually met Paul and Mary and Dean. She was doing some of the commentating for the online streams for the Sydney Flames games and said, oh, look, do you want to come along? Uh, because just before that, Rachel and I had commentated some of the Waratah Grand Finals and I kind of got a taste for it. 
So Rachel's like, come and do the Sydney Flames games as well. And I was like, why not? Grew up watching the Sydney Flames, play in the WNBL, may as well have a go at commentating, right? So uh, that's where I met Paul and Mary because they used to um, put on the live stream. They used to um, facilitate the broadcast. And then because of COVID, we weren't able to go back to it. The WNBL had a bubble season in 2020. And then Paul just called me out of the blue around the time of the Olympics and said, hey, we've got a podcast. Uh, would you like to jump on a couple of episodes and talk about the Opals at the Olympics? And I was like, yeah, no worries. And me thinking this will be heaps of fun. Paul and Mary uh, will listen, so it doesn't matter. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and then I just got to stick around and, um, yeah, they uh, very kindly made me as their host. Um, so it's been really, really fun just talking uh, about basketball, especially women's basketball. And I think what I really like about it is that I still have some kind of hand or contribution to basketball now that I have no interest in returning to play. Um, but I still feel like I'm involved in the community and I can be involved in the community in a different way. So um I, that's why i started a twitter account and that's why i've started a separate basketball instagram page to help promote the podcast primarily but then it's just kind of turned into a yeah just a page or a couple of pages where i can help um keep promoting our sport because i mean it's it's a if you think of it as a product it's a product that i believe in and that i really think is worthwhile um getting some more appreciation and attention so for me kind of promoting it or like supporting it is is kind of a no-brainer to me it's it's not re it's just something that um comes natural i guess and squin robbie and, and i are the same you know it's just like we want to get the word out there and, and promote the game that we love so much and you're doing a fantastic job uh, i encourage anyone to listen to shooting the breeze i listen every week and uh, my appreciation for the women's game has really grown because of your podcast and being able to listen to every week and all the great interviews that you have um, and you do a terrific job. So, so keep doing your things, Quinn. No, definitely agree. Um, look, just intro. That's, to... that's amazing feedback. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Hey, we were saying as well um, before we started recording. Probably for Woody and I, we haven't probably watched as much women's basketball any time ever as we have this year, and we're sort of continuing to enjoy it, enjoy it more. And as Woody said, we'll continue to sort of spread that word as well. So it's great that you know there's people like yourself. You know, doing these things and, and giving us that content. So, you know, we appreciate it. And, um, look, Jacinta, I wanted to ask you as well, um, just, you know, obviously team sports can teach great values on and off the court, especially for females. How important is it to get the girls involved at a young age and keep them playing? Yeah, to me, I feel like it's super important because uh, you don't really realise at the time junior and you're in the thick of playing and you're in the thick of the routine of games and trainings when you're in kind of in the thick of it and in the community i don't think you um really recognize or appreciate how many other benefits you're getting out of out of being involved in a sport like i feel like i guess sport in general especially for for young girls and young women can be such a powerful vehicle for other things other than just uh, like playing a sport and winning games and being good at something. Um, for me, it's it's definitely brought uh, a lot of significant relationships in my life and friendships in my life that I, I know I wouldn't have without basketball. And even though like my friends and I are still so tight, uh, we are still completely different people. Um, 
but because we've had the experience of playing together, sleeping on stadium floors together, riding stupid stuff on buses together, going to country tour discos together, like those are the th- kinds of things off court that really kind of um, formed our friendships. Uh, but there's so many other things, like there's a, so many other transfer skills from basketball that you can transfer into life. So a lot of like time management skills, uh, communication skills, especially cool. um, assertiveness skills, uh, social skills, 100%. I mean, you know, like us, us being uh, grown-ups now working in different settings and different social settings, I guess. You can tell the people who haven't really played sport, right? Yeah. Who haven't been in a team for sure. <laughs> when it comes to like elaborating yeah. in, a, in a work environment. So, yeah. So there, I just feel like a lot of those life skills uh, you really develop. And I think you also develop a greater appreciation for things for like your parents and uh, greater appreciation as well when you're involved in a sport. And I feel like sometimes... Um, you know, women and young girls have kind of put upon them that when you grow up, you've got to compete for like against each other. Um, And I'm hoping through sport that it's not a sense of competing against each other. It's kind of competing with each other to help build each other up to be better. And uh, hopefully that can translate from the court and from a team environment in into their adult life as well, because yeah, this kind of unconscious bias of like, the only thing women have to need to aspire to is making sure that they marry well and that they have a house and that they have this textbook lifestyle of having kids and stuff. Like it, it doesn't need to be like that. And I feel like sports um, can help, hopefully help try and um, challenge those vices and having a lot more representation in, in women's basketball, especially with female coaches and uh, statisticians and referees and, um, choosing that as the pathway of your life and not necessarily having that so-called traditional yeah. female life. Um, I feel like young generations can learn a lot from that. Uh, that's a great answer, uh, Jacinta. I really appreciate, obviously, what you sort of said there. And, you know, I mentioned a lot. It means a lot to me having a sort of young daughter who I know you, you met before the show tonight sort of thing. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great hearing that. I um, wanted to, I guess, sort of a little bit sort of different from that, but something that's um, coming up later on this year. Um, I know we're all kind of excited about that, but the Women's World Cup um, just into starting late this year, I think in believe in September. Um, how crucial is it that we as a nation get out there and support this this tournament on our on our home soil? Oh, super important. Because, I mean, us as basketball fans, to have a World Cup in your backyard, it's like having your own personal Olympics. <laughs> Like, why Definitely. wouldn't you want to go? Um, so it's super important, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, a no-brainer. Um, and I understand as well from the outside, anything uh, branded with World Cup were, comes with expense. But uh, I've already bought some tickets, and I can say that there is a, a wide variety of price range of tickets for people. And it is in the school holidays intentionally, mm-hmm. so it will give families and young people opportunity to go and see a lot of quality basketball. Um, but I mean, the, the first big importance for me of having a World Cup is just so we can showcase how good Australian basketball is. Uh, I know that the Opals have automatically qualified, um, but it's a good opportunity for uh, grassroots basketball, club basketball to get involved and kind of like have a really timely reminder that we're really flipping good at basketball on the world stage and we kind of need to appreciate it and celebrate it a, a, a lot more. Um, and more so being the Women's World Cup, 
again about that representation of like this is your pathway uh if you aspire to be a basketball player come and watch the opals play come and see the intensity and the the passion that goes into representing your country the the talent that it takes um and so girls can know that that's that's something that you can aspire and work towards um and just a reminder as well that our australian opals historically are very very successful so the last FIBA world cup we came second in spain and the world cup before that we came third in the world cup we came before that we came fifth in the world cup before that we won uh so it was really interesting especially when we had the olympics last year the opals really copped a yeah. flogging from the fans uh for underperforming and then great that the boomers won a bronze medal but one of my male friends was like oh i can't believe we've got an olympic medal in basketball and i was like in men's basketball men's basketball let's Make that clear, considering that the Opals have already won Olympic medals and FIBA World Cup medals. Um, so I think putting the Opals on center stage is a reminder of, you know, the Opals are really, really, really good, guys. Like, I think we should probably go and pay them a bit more attention um, and just a reminder of how successful that program is and uh, probably a reminder as well of, um, like, the legacy that the Opals have, the Opals program kind of stands. So you've got people like Robin Ma, uh, Michelle Timms, Trish Fallon, Michelle Brogan, Rachel Spawn, uh, who else? Sandy Brondello. Sandy Brondello, uh, even the coaches from back in the day. Um, woohoo! Uh, yeah, they they really set a standard with, um, I think there's seven non-negotiables, as Tim Z would call it, one of them being handling adversity. Uh, and don't ask me what the other six are. I think defense, defense is one of them. But um, yeah, that that legacy is is continued, and those non-negotiables are continued through the program now. I think to pay uh, homage to the opals of the past as well, to have it on your home court is really important as well. Awesome. Hey, Woody, let's get some tickets for that soon. Yeah. 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 For sure, man. And like uh, as Quinn said, like you know, after everything that happened at the Olympics. Um, you know, these guys, these girls are going to be hungry, man, to have this World Cup at home and, and you know, and they got a point to prove, right? So, yeah, looking forward to it. And hopefully, Jacinta, you can, uh, we can catch up with it's, you at one of the games, yeah? Yeah, it's the redemption, the redemption. And you can get tickets for like a whole day. You can get double-header tickets. Like, it's, it's, it's on. It's yeah. on. You've got to get there. Yeah, I think, I think we can take our parents out as well, Robbie, so that'll be nice. Okay, so Squin, I wanted to ask you this, right? And um, I love your nickname, Squin, by the way, right? And uh, I, I just stopped calling you Jacinta. It's just been Squin this whole show, right? You noticed that, right? So I'm done with Jacinta. It's just going to be Squin. But I, I love that nickname, right? And there's a whole story behind it. I know you told me about this offline, but why don't you fill the audience in? How did Squin come about, right? Yeah, and I'm very comfortable where we are with Squin just being like the replacement for my for my full name. So thank you for that. Props to you for for integrating that so seamlessly. Uh, unfortunately, I don't feel like it's a very interesting story. Um, but it was when I was about nine years old, and we went to a family friend's house for like a barbecue, whatever. And uh, their older brother figure in the other family we were visiting started calling me just Squinter. And so just squinter, you know, putting squint or squin in the middle of my regular name. And then it just got shortened. I don't know why he started calling me just squinter. Maybe I was particularly 
more squinty that day than I normally am. I have no idea, no idea where, uh, how he came up with that. But uh, then it just got shortened to squin uh, and that kind of stuck for a while. But um, I think since then I've had lots of variations of the name. So squin's kind of like the, the base, the foundation of the nickname. And then people have started to like add on their own variations. So um, look, I'm welcome to any any other new variations of the nickname as well. So homegirl, don't leave us hanging, man. Give us some of those variations, man. Tell us. Ah, <laughs> uh, so there was, uh, so when I actually went to uni in Canberra, uh, I was actually known as Squinner, so with an A at the end. So most people in that period of my life who I went to uni with in Canberra and played with, with in Canberra would know me as Squinner more than Squin. Um, there was also Squinny, Squinhead, Squin Fringe, Squin Face, just, you know, stupid, ridiculous, uh, nicknames like that squinage um i think that's all i can remember for now uh, that, but they're all they're all just you know ridiculous it's a typical australian abbreviation or <laughs> addition of things uh, definitely better than bernsey or white rob right <laughs> right rob <laughs> true <laughs> no, i love it love it squin <laughs> uh, all right um so um Look, I know you got a lot of interest outside of the game of basketball. And we had Prabhu on our show last week, right? Um, and we spoke about the influence of music on, on basketball and basketball on music. I've heard through the grapevine, you've also done some work in the music industry, even doing some writing and things like that. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because it's, it's good, to, good to know you got interest outside of the game. Yeah, another deep dive, Woody. Like, props to you again. This is, like, a whole other part of my life uh, that I sometimes reflect upon but sometimes forget about too. So, look, if I didn't have people around for these periods of my life, I've had such a very li varied life already. I think people would probably think I was making it up. But, yeah, yeah no, so I, uh, when I left Canberra, I wanted to work in the music industries and agencies in Sydney. I think the most notable one, I was with Modular Records for a while. So they had people like Tame Impala, the presets, uh, Cut Copy. It was like that height of the indie dance kind of scene back then of the 2000s. Uh, and then I also worked for Music Feed. So when you said I used to get into some writing, um keep in mind i'm not a journalist either like i didn't study journalism or sports media or anything it was just something that i kind of picked up and used as an excuse to talk to bands that i really liked just because i was so obsessed with music back then and being a really like elite indie kid uh, i also used to do campus radio when i lived in canberra also a good excuse to talk to bands that i really liked but uh, I used to, yeah, I did some work for music feed so i got to interview people like grimes actually i got to interview chuck d over the Word? phone public enemy like, baby on yeah 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 so really funny basketball related story i can't he was a tough nut to crack but i tried to talk to him about basketball he asked me uh who i followed and i said oh i follow the celtics and i said but when i was a kid i, I was just kind of like all like wrapped up in all things new york so i used to go for the knicks and he's like how can you go and do that and i was like what do you mean and he's like, how can you just go and switch teams like that from the Knicks to the Celtics? And I was like, oh, my God. 
now I've annoyed Chuck D. What am I going to do? This is like the the low of my music journalism career. Um, but yes, I got to go to Splendor and stuff. And then I also used to work at music festivals too. So doing some PR, doing some... Uh, I even worked on the green team at a festival doing all of the, the garbage stuff because it just meant I got paid to work at a festival and I can go and work, see whatever bands I wanted to see. I got to see some stuff side of stage. So, uh, yeah, that was um, a really cool period of my life, actually. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And um, as I said, you know, having those interests outside of the game is just unreal. We were, we were even talking offline the other day and you were saying, Woody, man, we've got to do this podcast on a Wednesday night because i got acting on Thursdays, right? So tell us a little bit more about that. You're doing a little bit of a, some drama of some sort. You're, you know, <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. We did too. Uh, I always forget half of the random conversations I have with people. So yeah, good pickup. Uh, yeah, so when I retired from playing in 2020, um, I've always wanted to have a crack at like acting or theatre or something. And uh, for the longest time, I just didn't have the courage to try and to start. And I didn't have like the know-how of how to get into it locally or like, uh, you know, it's something I've never done before. I didn't do drama at school. Uh, like I was very, I was quite, really quite shy and self-conscious as a teenager. So there was no way I was getting up to do drama at high school. Like, are you serious? Uh, so a, fr a good friend of mine, he has been doing drama and local theater for a long time. It was like his basketball. So he was kind of my, my in and, um, there was a stage read that kind of came up. Uh, so I messaged him and said, look, is this something that would be good for me as a beginner for like my first time trying? And he's like, yeah, totally. That would be like perfect for your first show. So I did that at the end of 2020. Um, and then I met some people from that show uh, who were going to direct a, a, another play the next year. And um, I said, oh, look, are there any small parts for me as a beginner I could do? And they said, not really, but just come to the audition anyway and just see how you go because you know, you might just learn how the audition process works and what to expect and stuff like that. So I went to this audition. I went straight from coaching at Central Coast Academy. So my full coaching gear, you know, with my polo shirt, which is a cliche, you know, coach's outfit, uh, to this audition, uh, looking, a, a, looking a bit like an idiot. And on the inside, I was packing it. Like I was so nervous because I just felt completely out of my comfort zone. Uh Ended up doing quite well and got cast as a 19-year-old. So that was, that, was, um, that was a bit of a confidence boost. Uh, but, yeah, ever since then, like, I uh, did that play last year. I was supposed to be in two things last year, but because COVID delayed one, the other second production got delayed to this year. So that's what I'm rehearsing now. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting, like, being able to play a different character, having to be really present in the moment to make your interaction and your reaction to the other, other person really authentic. And it's really odd in a sense that I feel like a completely different person to what I am or was in the basketball community to what I am in the theatre community. I feel like two different people. Yeah, and I think being on your podcast and being on this show and, and doing these kind of things doesn't hurt you when you're, when you're doing the drama stuff as well. That would have helped you. So congratulations. Keep doing your thing. We wish you nothing but the best. I want to ask you, what does the future hold for, for Jacinta Squin Govind? You know, what's going to happen in the next year or two? Where, where do you see everything going in life? 
Oh man, that's a big question. Big question because yeah, I guess in the two years, you know, I've I've taken on the podcast, which has been amazing. Uh, I've been very, I'm really grateful that in the year that I, well, almost a year, I've been involved with the podcast and uh, found our little niche community, including both of you, uh, online, uh, you know, and other alternative media outlets. Uh, so that's been really, really cool. And I didn't really think that that would perhaps uh, pose some potential opportunities to do more broadcasting or podcasts or collaborations or something. So to be honest, I'd actually really like to explore any of those options that pop up, whether it be like a, a web series or some other kind of gig. I don't know. I don't know anything. It's If someone's listening, I'm, I'm open to ideas. But um, so I kind of like to explore that a little bit more. And I think uh, I kind of want to take, see how far I can go with the acting thing. Like I've kind of set myself up a really random five-year goal with that kind of performing arts thing. So I'd like to try and work towards to get there. I think the only drawback is that between adult life and adult work, which we need to do all the fun things, unfortunately, uh, I think the, the, the pressure would be time, time to do all the, all those things. So, uh, so ideally I'd like to yeah explore how far I can go with this kind of, Australian women's basketball broadcasting space and see how far I can go with doing some amateur performing arts stuff um, and work work will be work. Now that's a great answer, Squin. I know it's a, a difficult question to come back to me with, but uh, you answered it very well. So let's move on. It's a pretty good segue. I want to do some quick hits, guys, right? Um, and I want to talk a little bit about NBL1, um, the NBA play-in games that were on today, and, and also the WNBL Grand Final. But I thought while we're talking about this topic, right, uh, we, we talked offline about you and Robbie potentially commentating an NBL1 game together. So let's just start off with that. Maybe I'll throw over to you, Robbie, right? Talk to me a little bit about the NBL1, your experience commentating for the first time um, on, on national TV and, and how, how that all was. Yeah, it was great. So obviously made my debut last week. Um, we had Manly Warringah Seagulls coming to uh, town to play the Hills Hornets. Um, so it was great. I really enjoyed sort of uh, doing both games. Um, the girls were, you know, a little bit down. They had a um, few people out of that game and they lost. But the, the men had a really great sort of win, which really boosted their confidence after a couple of um, close losses. But um, <clears throat> yeah, really enjoyed the experience. Um, hopefully I'll get a little bit better each time and sort of, you know, continue to learn some more player names or anything. But at the end of the day, it's basketball and something that I have, you know, a passion for and have, you know, have just for so long now. So calling the part of the game is kind of easy, but it's just sort of learning players and all the stuff. It's a hard bit, but no, I had a great time. Woods, and appreciate you coming down and supporting my, my debut as well. For sure, man. And yeah, so um, WNBL, maybe we'll just move on to that quickly, Jacinta. Um, big three game series. You know, you want to speak a little bit on that and how you thought it all played out? Oh, wow. It was like, a, yeah, the first game, I mean, um, Perth winning by such a margin. I think for the opening game and the anticipation of this is finally the, the final series of what's been a very eventful season, a very competitive uh, a season where... The league, the players, the organisation had to handle so many adversities and here we are finally um, in the grand final series. And the first game to be a blowout was, um, I shouldn't say a blowout, but for Perth to comfortably win was probably 
a little bit disappointing just you know with the anticipation of finals time that second game though oh my god like that had to be one of the best games in the in WNBL in in its 41 year history or at least in the last decade like I would be really interested to go back through kind of the archives or the moments in time in WNBL history where there was a game like that I'm sure there was I mean the one that sticks out in my mind was the I'm gonna say 97 or 98 grand final when the AIS won yep like that's that was a I maybe going back maybe that's actually why I wanted to go to the AIS was that final um, where Veely was hitting all those free throws at the end but the game too in, in this recent WNBL final that was amazing and for it to come down to free throws you know the uncontested shot uh, having the WNBA import known for her shooting ability to shoot three free throws to tie up the game making two of the three like that was I mean I was sweating watching that game I was sweating I didn't I think I did like a Twitter space with someone uh, as a game preview and then it was a late game. I think it was a 9pm yeah, game because the yeah. game was held in Perth and I was like, oh, look, it's only, it's only game two. I'm only going to watch a little bit because I have to go to bed and, you know, work getting in the way of fun again. Uh, and then I, I was hooked. I couldn't, like, I couldn't look away. Uh, and I, I try and tweet sometimes during the game to get some engagement with other fans, but... I just couldn't even do that. Like, I couldn't look away. I was sweating. And I was like, do I need to eat something? Do I need to drink something? Like, I was so, like, dysregulated. It was just so exciting. Um, but then, I don't know, I guess the mental game for Melbourne to win game two, they had that mental edge going into game three. But then Perth had the edge by playing game three on the home court. So you'd think it'd kind of go Perth's way. But, like, props to the Boomers for coming out, sticking to their game plan and being competitive completely focused and relentless for that whole game and just not letting Perth get a sniff of a win in game three. So it was like a complete 180 from game one. Um, and super happy for the Boomers because that was Guy Malloy's last year yeah. uh, in the WNBL. And I know that Guy has a really strong and positive relationship with a lot of the players in the team, like Kayla George. So, um, yeah, it was. I, I was really, really happy with the result. Yeah, and, and as you said, Squin, I mean, what a great game. It was and a great advertisement for the WNBL, right? I mean, if you watch that game, you'd be like, this is, this is fun. And probably you were texting me about how good is this? And uh, I was texting with Squin during the game as well about Lindsay Allen's play. She was like the female Bryce Cotton. Like, I mean, let's get into it, man. And, and all, our, all our listeners and viewers, we encourage everyone. All the games are on KO, right, Squin? All of them? Yeah, all of the games are on KU, 100%. Like, every week uh, there is a free game that you can watch on the ABC. Like, there's a, a featured game of the week that's on ABC. Uh, the WNBL and the ABC had a long history um, that they would always play. They would always play a game uh, on a Saturday afternoon. So that's that's back. But all the other games are on KO. Um, all the grand final series and stuff is there. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can even go back and watch some of the Opals games from... The World Cup qualifiers that were on earlier this year as well. But, yeah, you're so right. Highly recommend watching it. Really, really high standard. Um, yeah, uh, just get into it. Yeah, for sure, Squin. Um, and, and Robbie, man, two big games today. I'm wearing my Atlanta Hawks 
hat, you know, because we've got a big game tomorrow, brother, right? I'm so pumped for this. Nine o'clock tomorrow morning, mate. As we should say we're recording this a bit earlier this week, so uh, Wednesday the 13th of April. So, yeah, as Woody said, yep. we had the first two playing games today. Um, I got to watch them both, Woods. I mean, Take it away then, man. Health and safety protocols at the moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, look, obviously, um, I guess we'll start with the first game there. I mean, Brooklyn sort of got away a little bit early there. Cleveland really sort of came back. Garland had a great game there. Um, and the guy we mentioned at the start when uh, we just to held up the bobblehead there, Rondo, was huge. Yeah. He came on and had a big cameo, didn't he? You know, played just... Nine dimes today, bro. Nine dimes today, right? 100%. Yeah. Not a lot of minutes there. So, yeah. look, they really missed Allen, I think. You know, his defense yeah. down low there. But um, I guess the story for Brooklyn, you know, Kyrie was just unconscious. I think he didn't miss his first shot until the fourth quarter. I think he... Was it his first 10 that he hit Woods? Or yeah. around that sort of Something like... Right? I think nine or 10. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, KD was kind of good, but he wasn't amazing. But, you know, guys like Drummond sort of stepped up. You know, um, Brown played well. So, decent game. Obviously, yeah, Brooklyn's now through. Um, the other game was very interesting, wasn't it? So, um, I think the Clippers would be kicking themselves a little they bit sh- there. They shut the bed today, man. They did. I mean, the yeah. big cat had an absolute shocker. Um, some pretty poor coaching at times there, leaving him in at, at, at crucial times when he was at risk of picking up that next foul, which he did on a few occasions. But... You know, guys like Anthony Edwards was huge. Patrick Beverly was just hilarious. He was just cracking me up the whole game. Um, and the Clippers were just sort of just... They were being Clippers, weren't they, with some of their stuff? Just some bad Reggie Jackson stuff. <laughs> Morris, Morris was sort of up and down all game sort of thing. Paul George, I didn't think, had a, ma- a major impact there. but He had a big third yeah, quarter, man, he right? Did, he did, yeah. But, um, hey, man, yeah. I love that passion from Pat Bev. Getting up getting up on the, on the scorer's table, you know, just... Just, you know, getting the crowd over and throwing off his jersey and all that, man. What would you think of that, man? What would you think he's of that? He's hilarious, isn't he? Right, yeah. Yeah, he's just got so much energy. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable how excited he was. But, no, two good games. And, look, as we said, some big games tomorrow. I mean, a huge game for our Hawks tomorrow. I mean, this is our, our game seven for, you know, pretty much. It's a, you know, a do-or-die game. Oh, man. Loser goes home. So, yeah, absolutely can't wait for that game yeah. tomorrow. Um, and then, look, at the other game, I can see that going either way. The Spurs and the Pelicans there. I... I do think a team like the Pelicans that have got guys like CJ and Brandon Ingram there, they could yeah. really sort of fire on that game. But obviously, we've got a very experienced coach against a, you know, a first-year coach in that game too. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But no, all good so far. And then I think the actual main playoff games all start Sunday our time, I believe. So yeah, yeah bring it on. Yep, just before the Kings game, right? So, <laughs> all right. Um, on that note, let's just get into some quick NBL talk, right? Um, now, guys, I just want to. Throw over to you guys. Round 19 is in the books. What are your thoughts on the round? What stood out to you both? It was a long round, firstly, wasn't it? You know, the fact that the round actually finished last night on a Tuesday night in, in Bendigo, I think it was of all places. Um, but yeah, it was a, a pretty solid sort of round. I think the, the top four definitely seems a bit more settled now, doesn't it? It's just going to sort of see what damage, um, you know, the Jack Jumpers or South East Melbourne can sort of do with these last couple of rounds there. But, no, I thought it was a pretty solid round. Um, I think the Kings showed last night, Woods, they, they didn't play great, but they still did exactly what they needed to get the win. 12 in a row, 13 in a row, I always forget now. 13, 12, I think. 12. 12. Yeah. So I think they said it's the second um, longest Biggest streak, trip. I think, for, yeah. For 16 with New Zealand, the breakers right. of 2013, man. 2013. So hopefully we can make it 13 tomorrow night, right, against the uh, Crosstown ri- rivals, yeah, right? Yeah, I thought that was a bit rough, actually, although I'm not going to, you know, as you know, I, I don't think Sydney have had to had the toughest schedule this year compared to other teams. But, yeah, playing on a Tuesday night in Bendigo and then having to go to Wollongong on a Thursday is reasonably tough. But that, that sort of looms as one of the games of the years tomorrow night, no game sure. of the season, so yep. I'm really pumped for that. Yeah, 
Yes, it does. Missed, you're missing him seeing him live. Oh, that looks good. That's a nice hat. It's not that good. <laughs> Over to you, Jacinta. What, do you, what are your thoughts on the last round? <laughs> yeah, look, look, I think I mentioned to you both offline as well that I am sometimes reluctant to talk about the Kings. As I mentioned, I've been a Sydney Kings fan first and a Sydney Flames fan first uh, before I started playing. Um, so the Kings run deep in my veins. So to the point where I also, I'm also pretty convinced that I'm a bit of a jinx when it comes to basketball. And this is based on, because I have had the privilege of being in a lot of grand finals and a lot of like medal matches. And most of the time come second, whether it's playing or coaching. Uh, I think I've won one, one championship that comes to mind one. Uh, so look, silver is, uh, yeah, definitely my color apparently. But so I get a bit reluctant to talk about the Kings. So I don't want to be a jinx. But I feel like we have, um, I know we're on a 12-game winning streak, but I feel like the next four, however many games we have left, I hope we get challenged a bit more. I hope we get challenged in different ways so they are well-equipped to handle some adversities come finals time because I always get a little bit nervous when teams are on a really good hot streak and are probably peaking a little bit too early because uh, it makes me feel like they might not be prepared uh, yep. prepared for the adversities of finals so I hope they, they get some challenges on the road. I think the last round game in Sydney against Hawks is going to be an absolute cracker so I'm definitely keen to see that one but uh, pretty much what Rob said in terms of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and the Jack Jumpers yep. uh, I think they're probably going to be the two most interesting teams to watch for the rest of the regular season because I feel like otherwise the rest of the ladder is pretty clearly divided. Like, I'll be honest, when it comes to a couple of teams in these last couple of rounds, I don't, I don't really want to watch the games because I know the outcome. It's a bit predictable. But uh, anything Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and Tasmanian Jack Jumpers are probably, uh, probably going to be the most exciting for the remainder of the round. As Woody makes a mid-show hat change. Had to, had to, man. We're just getting into the NBL stuff, right? <laughs> and I, I, I love it. I, I hear what you're saying, Jacinta, man. Playoff basketball is a lot tougher than regular season games. So you want to have that, you know, um, you want to have tough nuts when it comes to, you know, playoff series. So I hear you. Uh, Robbie, over to you, man. I'm just going to bring up the slides for next mm. round, round 20. Can you see that, guys? slowly getting up there yeah all good so yeah look obviously round 20 um another really big round we've got um eight games across five days this week as we mentioned sort of starting tomorrow night with two games i believe um the wildcats will be the second game tomorrow so look we'll just sort of quickly go through each game it's unusual we sort of recording before the game start woods which is a good thing there so um who am i going to pick on first it can be something here i might go to woods he looks like he's prepared right now to, to answer my question so um that big game tomorrow night woods um ill warring in sydney who do you like for that one bro why are you even asking me man you know who i like right but i tell you what if we play like we did against new zealand yesterday right mm. we're gonna lose you know uh, the I mean, are looking very good, aren't they? I mean, they so are. The, bat the battle of the imports in this game is going to be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And a guy like Xavier Rathen may stepping up as really, you know, along with Antonius Cleveland and, and Duop Reed doing his thing and Tyler Harvey's back. So it's going to be tough, man. But yeah, I think, I think we can get it done. Looking forward to that one. Look, I might take us away with the next one. So we've got, got my Wildcats playing against Adelaide there. I've got to say, every time I see Adelaide or Brisbane on the schedule now, it's a little bit hard to get excited to watch them. But, you know, hopefully Wildcats will do the business there. Hopefully those Adelaide imports haven't heard me over these last few weeks and they come out and, you know, perhaps try and prove me wrong there and, and show that they're not the worst import pairing in the history of the NBL. 
Um, but look, I'll say Wildcats will do do the business in that one and get that. Um, all right, Jacinta, the next one's up to you. So New Zealand and the team we just briefly mentioned before, the Jack Jumpers, who do you like for that game? Uh, look, I love an underdog in the breakers, uh, but I think the Jack Jumpers will have that one. Um, I, and it won't be easy. It will still be, I, I still think it will be uh, a decent contest between these two. I think the breakers will still make Jack Jumpers have to work for the win. But I'm going to tip the Jack Jumpers for this one. I think their their defense, um, yeah, I think their defense is probably going to be the be- biggest asset going into this. Uh, I think you know when you're talking about the Illawarra imports, and I, I don't like how I I'm not comfortable with the rotation of the imports and the Hawks, and I feel the same with the Jack Jumpers. Whether it's that I don't know if I feel like the imports are the best fit for the team, or I don't know if I like how they're being utilized. But that, that always makes me feel uneasy about the Jack Jumpers. But I'm still tipping them to win this game. Good call. Right, Woods, I'm going, to go to you. I'm going to go to you for a double now. So okay, just a sure. quick one on Melbourne-Brisbane. Can Brisbane get within 10 points of Melbourne on that game? No, but a guy like um, Lamar Patterson, he's playing for his future in the NBL. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see this last few games what a guy like that can 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 do, you know. So, yeah. All right, and we'll stay with you, mate. So we've got my team against your beloved second team there, Um Obviously, the, the Wildcats against Cairns there. What are your thoughts on that game? Look, we're not going to do much, but, like, you know, I hope my guy Keanu keeps doing his thing. You know, that's three double-doubles in a row. Just wanting to keep, keep, keep doing. That, I'm assuming, Woods, uh, I, 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 I think you wouldn't risk him right now, right? Uh, and they're letting so some they of these young guys play. And yeah, and McCall's, McCall's injury status is in the air as well. So, I, if I was Cairns, just let these young de- development players play and younger guys have an opportunity, right? So, yeah. Good call. All right, we're back to Jacinta for the next one. So this should be a pretty good game, actually. This might be maybe the second best game of the round, potentially on paper. But yeah, who do you like for South East Melbourne and the Jack Jumpers there? Oh, this is mm. tough. So when we we're talking about their tussle for the final spot or their position on the ladder, I didn't realise they actually had to still play each mm. other uh, in the next round. So this one, this one's really tough. I think the Jack Jumpers have got the momentum going into this game. Um, yeah, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are kind of on a downward trajectory, but there's still plenty of time in the season for them to recuperate. So, um, or if it's at home, I think I'm going Phoenix. Mm, I tend to agree. I think that should be a good game. Looking forward to check that one out. Um, look, I'll maybe take the next one away because you guys are just obviously going to say Sydney if I ask you. So Sydney and Adelaide, again, I'll go back to what I said at the start. I just can't get that excited when I see the 36ers there. Sydney obviously haven't been you know, at home for a few weeks now. They'll be sort of uh, pleased to get back there. So I'm going to say this could be quite a big Sydney win. I think they need Ian Clark back. They need to get him a couple of runs yep. in before the final start. But for sure. I'm going to say I wouldn't be surprised if Sydney won this between 15 and 20 points. And I don't normally pick sort of big margins like that. So, all right, Woods, take it away for the last game of the round, mate. We've got I Melbourne mean, against Cairns. Once again, Melbourne's going to win and Cairns is just... Um, building for next year, just for that Sydney-Adelaide game. I'm going out to the game. I've got a good friend of mine who's just moved back from Singapore after four or five years, and he texted me. He's like, yo, Woods, we should get out to this game on Sunday. I haven't seen you in years, man. So me and him are going to go and watch the game. We've got some good seats. So looking forward to getting out there and having a nice steak afterwards, Robbie. I, I pity anyone that will be sitting close to you if it's if you're in that sort of mood going to the game, Woods. So just behave yourself, mate. I don't want to see you on the news, news that night, but um, enjoy. Give me a show bag or something on the way home when you go, if you go to the show. All right, so that's a, that's the big round, right? So as we mentioned, sort of one more round coming up after that. Woods, quick mention of our fantasy comp as well. You managed to leapfrog me back into third last night, which basically means you avoid Liam Santa Maria in the semi-final. I have to play that bloke. Yep, so yep. 
as we sort of mentioned, he scores about 200 points more than every other team does every week. I don't know how he does it. You look at his bench, Woods, literally every player he's got is could be one of our best players in our starting team. So he'll flog me this week. So good luck against him in the final. And yeah, we'll leave it there. Two times in the final. Two years in a row, man. I beat you last year, Yanni right? Wetzel triple, Yanni Wetzel triple captain you had there. I should have should have stepped up for that. But Hey, is there any WNBL fantasy? There is, isn't there, Jacinta? Oh, I don't know if there is, to be honest. I know that they're going to start a WNBA fantasy this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a WNBL fantasy, to be honest. Uh, if there is, I don't play. Uh, I overanalyze things too much. I think I'm too much of an overthinker for a fantasy league, so that's why I haven't jumped in the NBL one either. Um, but, hey, that's a great idea to start a WNBL one. I reckon people would get around that. 100%. Yeah, if, if there is, we'll play, Robbie. It'll make us more committed to watching 100%. games as well and Definitely things like is. that, right? So, yeah. yeah. I think it's right. time, Woods. It is time. It is time. And we were really disappointed, Robbie, last, last week, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago with, with Mr. Rosen. With the future of you, you were you were particularly disappointed. I must say, very yeah. disappointed. Yeah. But we talked to Squin, you know, yesterday, and she's like, "Look, my '90s NBL player knowledge is pretty dope, right?" Okay, so we're gonna do this, and we're gonna we're gonna have. Our... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I said pretty dope. It's okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So the fingers crossed, we get a good pack, and I'll give some good clues. And as always, Robbie, don't be greedy. So Woods, right. we know if we get, I think it's Leroy Loggins in maybe the second card, but it's an identical pack that we've had. Yeah, for the first we get Andre Lafleur and Mike Mitchell's good. joint card. Then you're going to walk out. Yeah. Th- then I'm, I'm tearing up all the cards. All right, make it good. <laughs> Pull a Ricky Grace or something good. Come on. Oh no, I already know. I already know. I have no gu- no idea who this guy is, really? but he played for the Townsville Suns. Oh. Okay, Brendan Legasic. Wow. Oh man! Yeah, I, oh, I do remember no. the name, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything no. about him. What he looked like, what position he, he would have played with Remus Curtinius. Mm. How did he say his name? Curtinius. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the good thing is that means this is a new pack, so we might have we might be successful here. Okay. Canberra Cannons center forward, right? Played. I'm pretty sure maybe with Phil Smith a little bit. Um, Simon Cottrell. No. Jason Reese. Oh, yeah. Like those old Canberra jerseys there. Yeah, bring yeah. back Canberra. I was very tempted to say Derulo after you said Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see would have probably paid that. Okay, absolute legend for the Adelaide. <laughs> I would have paid that for sure. All right. Absolute legend for the Adelaide 36ers. Played for Australia. Guard Brett forward. Ma. No, guard forward. Played, played alongside Brett Maher. Play, play alongside Mark Davis, um, you know, Mark Bradkey. Catalini? Uh, come on, guys. I was thinking that as well. So, guard forward. Are you getting your positions right this time? Mike Mackay? Yeah, Mike Mackay, baby. Nice. Ooh. I remember that because he, he had a good moustache from Memory Wood, so I've got to, got to stick up for those people. So, nice. He's yep. a good player. <laughs> this is terrible, man. None of us know this guy, okay? But at least it's a unique pack, all right? <laughs> Townsville Suns, Graham Kubek. No, don't remember him. Development player on the oh, Suns. Okay, so development. I wonder how many games actually played. So two random Townsville players in this pack. I absolutely love this guy. Yeah. All right? This guy was a Newcastle Falcon. 
All right, hard-nosed player. You know, you would not want to meet him in a d- dark oh, alleyway. Grant Kruger. Grant Kruger. Tony. Love that guy. Oh. He was one of the true NBL tough men. You <laughs> would <laughs> not screw with Grant yeah. Kruger. He right? was probably going to swing his elbows and hit. Is that Pat Reedy in front of him, that card? He probably would have swung his elbows and thrown him into... That is Pat Reedy. That is yeah. Pat Reedy. That's testing my eyesight, too. Okay. I just remember his numbers. You know what I'm like with jersey numbers, Woods? Yeah. Impressive. You know I got a Hobart... Tassie Devils, David Close jersey. You talk about the great imports to play for the Tassie Devils, you know. Calvin. You, Calvin Talford. One of my favorites. Wearing my favorite jersey number two. Calvin Talford, <laughs> maybe one of the best dunkers ever in the NBL. We've spoken about him before. Woods, just an amazing athlete. He got robbed of that dunk contest win against who? Uh, Brett Rainbow. Brett Sydney. Rainbow, was that, yes. Was that, that All-Star game, maybe 94, maybe in Sydney, around that sort yeah. of time. But yeah, robbed. We, we spoke about that with Body Nudge, and he was he was agreeing with you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh... Okay, I do not know this guy. Another Can- Canberra Cannon. <laughs> Maybe you know Squin. Adam Kendrick? Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think he might have played for the Hawks maybe as well from memory. Yeah. Um, Me and Squin know Kendrick Lamar, but not Andrew- Adam Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's as far as... And Kendrick Perkins? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the only Kendricks I know, Lamar and Perkins. Certainly got a few names we've kind of forgotten about in this pack, though, haven't we, Woods? So, look, Adam Kendrick, he did play for, for the Hawks there, so pat myself on the back for that one. Yeah. Yep. And uh, He won a championship with Canberra in 1988 as well. Rachel's coming to the game with me on Sunday, and she said, I'm going to wear my Kendrick Perry jersey, so there's another Kendrick for you, right? Oh, a random <laughs> one. Okay, uh, 93 final series card. One game to zero. Melbourne leads Perth. I always like putting up a card on the screen when the Wildcats get beaten, Squint. Yeah, you remember this series? Is that a bit of Trevor Torrance guarding the great... (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I'm here for that. Yeah. Always happy to see Perth Wildcats getting beaten, Robbie. We've got to let some other teams have a go sometimes. You know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. We've won about a quarter of the the championships since the NBL's been going. And and this is one for you, Squint. This is... uh, a WNBL Opals card, which is awesome having you on the show, right? The International Player of, of the Year in 1987. Oh, my God. Okay, the International Player of the Year in 1987. Ex-player is a stalwart of the Australian program, a highly consistent scoring threat. Ex-player won the WNBL scoring title in 19, uh, last year, which would have been 1994. Averaging 18.7 points per game and was also a member of the All-Star 5. Joined the prestigious 200-game club this season in 94. Who am I speaking of? Have we mentioned her name yet this show, Woods? Ooh. No, I've never, heard, I've never heard of her before today. Ah, okay. 84? No, no, yeah, I mean... No, 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 no. She was the International Player of the Year in 87. And in 94... She won the scoring title. In 87? Yeah, in 94, she won the scoring title and also played her 200th game. I'm out for that one. All right. Samantha... Oh, that's tough to, um, that's tough to be Samantha honest. Samantha Thornton. Interesting. I don't recall her. Oh, okay. I have never heard of her, but yeah. Props, though, for that resume. And... Yeah, uh, go Sam. And, and, and thanks to Futura for actually giving us a decent pack today. That was good. That was the last one of those packs, wasn't it? Yep. Nice. 
That was interesting. We had some no-name Townsville guys. And an Opals one, so yeah, that's fitting, good. having Squint on the show. No Wildcats or Kings, unfortunately, in that pack, but, you know, it was, at least it wasn't a duplicate pack again. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, so that was fun, guys. Really great shows. Uh, it's great having you on, Squint. Did you enjoy yourself? Oh, absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks again for inviting me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always stoked to be considered for these kinds of things because I still forget that people might actually be listening to our podcast and reading my tweets and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. Thank you. Robbie and I are. Robbie and I are. Definitely. All right. So, Robbie, um, talk to the audience. Yeah, good. Thanks. Talk to the audience, man. <laughs> Tell, tell us, a little, tell us, tell them a little bit about where we can be found and all that jazz, like you usually do. Absolutely. So, if you guys want to check us out on Twitter, we're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, Instagram handle is Throwback Hoops. Um, email address: keep any questions or anything you've got coming there. Um, the email address is Throwback Hoops Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I think you might have upset Jacinta in that last pack, which she's jumped out. So, we must apologise for a little bit of internet difficulties we've got but um would you take us away with your stuff and hopefully jacinda's back in time to, to give herself a plug at the end too yeah for sure so so patreon is our thing um if you want to support uh, our podcast jump on patreon and look up throwback hoops um and any support you can give us by by, by pledging that it would mean a lot to us um and and jacinta she is back she is back in time to give herself a plug man so uh Talk to our viewers and our audience a little bit about where they can find you and um, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, as you mentioned, and, and your podcast, Shooting the Breeze. Over to you. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that uh, brief exit. Um, I clicked the wrong, <laughs> the wrong browser window. Yeah, so Shooting the Breeze is on all of your streaming platforms as well. So we're on uh, Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify as well. Uh, just type in Shooting the Breeze and you'll be able to find us. Um, also uh, on Twitter, it's at The Breeze Pod. Um, I'm pretty sure if you can search Shooting the Breeze, it will come up as well. Uh, similar to Instagram handle, it's at Shooting the Breeze. Um, and my personal handles, I think, is just my... Oh, actually, I think Twitter is S underscore Squin because I've created that many Twitter accounts. I was running out of different handles to use. Um, but you'll see me pop up there. I think I'm either Jacinta Lee or Jacinta Govind or one of them. Uh, hey, similar Jacinta, on Instagram, you're not doing you can that, find you're not me at Jacinta thing, are you? Govind Sorry, uh, you're not on doing that. as well. Sorry, you're not doing that uh, Twitter thing where you've got a couple of um, accounts there and you're sort of trolling people or something like that. Is that the reason or is there another reason for that? No, so I, <laughs> Twitter, I, I wasn't really a fan of Twitter. Uh, and so I kept making accounts for random reasons over the years and then not using it and forgetting that I'd already made an account. So this time when I went to make an account, um, yeah, to, to help cross promote the podcast, I was like, oh, apparently I've already used these emails and these logins. So I had to come up with something else. It was, I think I've got like, six different Twitter accounts to my name and the five that I've forgotten about. But uh, Twitter has been a learning curve for me, but I've, I think I've successfully found a really healthy uh, niche of people on Twitter. So it's not so bad. 
Yeah, thanks, Jacinta. And, and, and yeah, as you, as you said, Twitter was new to me and Robbie as well, but it's just allowed us to connect. And as Robbie alluded to earlier in the show, that community that we have, those friendships and bonds that we've developed through the podcasting community and getting the word that, uh, out there about the game um, has been unbelievable. And um, look forward to hopefully seeing you on the 24th for that game and, and catching up with you um, when the Kings take on the Hawks in that final game of the season, right? So, um yeah, thanks for being on the show. Any final thoughts from you? Yes, yes, I'll be there, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, any final thoughts, Squint? Ah, look, I think just to wrap up, I've probably talked a lot, but just to wrap up, uh, support Australian female women's basketball. You won't regret it. And remember that we are hosting the World Cup from the 22nd of September to the 1st of October here in Sydney school holidays get your kids down there uh again you won't regret it it's our own olympics let's do it definitely robbie final thoughts brother well oh, go the atlanta hawks tomorrow i'm yeah, so man. pumped for that game that's uh starting in 11 hours and uh 20 minutes but, yep. yeah let's do it and to everyone who listens to the to the show and <laughs> tunes into our show on youtube we can't thank you enough for your support uh and we're going to do it all again next week so much love to the team at tbh yeah peace Peace out.